And, and I'm telling you, Jesus is surely a coven. Amen. Jesus is surely going to show up one of these days. Amen. When I see the world, I see the situations going on, uh, tornadoes, earthquakes, I don't, and all these things that are happening, it pinpoints to me that birth pains is where we're at. And, it, you know, as we get pr closer and closer to the coming back for the Lord, these things are going to increase. The intensity of these things, the frequency of all of these things uh, are going to happen. Amen? But if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to turn your attention to the book of Hebrews this morning. I want to turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 10, and beginning in verse 19 through verse 23. And verse 23 will be the heart of my message this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 19. Going to preach on holding fast this morning. We've got to hold fast to the profession of our faith this morning. Amen? Oh, there's, they want the world, Satan's out to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we've got to hold on. We've got to hold fast to the faith this morning. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that to say is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let me read verse 23 one more time. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I'm going to preach to speak to you this morning on the thought of holding fast. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, today, Lord. And we ask for your anointing and we ask for your spirit, Lord, to flow in here today, Lord. Uh, anoint my lips to speak forth your word. Anoint me to speak your word this morning, Lord. Uh, Lord, today, Father, we give you glory, God, and we give you praise and we honor you, Lord. Uh, and once again, we ask for your blessings on this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. There is a story about General Jackson I read the other day. He was a man who feared God and he feared nothing else. When the, when the story goes like this, that when the Confederates were falling back at, bull, at the bull run of Menasias, General Lee rallied his men by calling out, look to Jackson, and there Jackson stood like a stone wall. You see, that story of him standing like a stone wall made him famous throughout history. And the point of that story is, despite that everything that comes your way as a believer, you've got to stand strong this morning. Despite every battle, despite every storm, despite every obstacle, despite every sickness, can I tell you today? that we've got to stand firm in the in our faith this morning. We've got to stand firm as a wall against temptations in the battles of life. Despite all that we go through, despite all of these things that happen our way, we are told to hold fast to the profession of our faith. We are told to stand there and hold to that faith without wavering this morning and stand right there despite everything that comes away. Can I tell you this morning there's going to be attempts that will try to dislodge your faith or to destroy your faith altogether. There's going to be things that come your way that sometimes you may question. There's going to be things that happen along the way you just wonder about. But despite all of that, can I tell you we got to stand firm without wavering in our faith in the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus Christ uh, this morning. Uh, Let me tell you today that these things come our way uh, and I'm convinced that many times Satan throws these things our way to get our eyes off of Christ. Uh, And in return, when one begins to take their eyes off of Christ, uh, they begin to wonder. Do you hear what I'm telling you? As long as you got your eyes on Christ, uh, you're holding fast to the profession of your faith. Uh, But as you take your eyes off of Christ, uh, as you begin to get that wondering eye and begin to look of everything, uh, I found out a long time ago uh, that's when people begin to waver. Uh, But I've come by to tell you this morning, uh, despite everything that you're going through, uh, despite the battles, uh, despite everything that's happening along the way, uh, that you need to keep your eyes uh, upon Jesus this morning. Uh, You are to look to the author and the finisher of your faith this morning. Uh, You ought to keep your eyes glued uh, unto unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, Because if you begin to waver and you begin to take your eyes off the Lord, let me tell you what's going to happen a wandering eye will begin to waver and as you begin to waver doubt will be, and doubt will come in and if it ain't de- dealt with in a little while eventually it will go into a dangerous territory of an unbelieving heart can I tell you today throughout everything that we go through despite the obstacles despite the battles despite everything that's going on in our generation and this terminal time uh, that we've got to stand firm in the faith. Uh, We've got to stand firm uh, and keep our eyes focused uh, upon the prize of Jesus Christ. Uh, We've got to stand firm in our faith uh, and keep our eyes in tune uh, to what is really important this morning. Uh, And what is really important this morning uh, is Jesus Christ today. Uh, You see, I want you to know uh, the scripture is clear. Uh, that Satan is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, That is John 10 and 10. Uh, But Jesus said also in that verse, uh, while the thief is out to steal, kill, and to destroy, he said, I'm out to give you life, uh, and I'm out to give it to you more abundantly this morning. Uh, What are you saying this day? Uh, I'm telling you this morning that if we keep our eyes on Jesus, uh, we can have an abundant life this morning. Uh, If we keep our eyes on Jesus, uh, we can have joy uh, when the world's a-weeping. Amen? Uh, If we keep our eyes on Jesus, uh, we can have hope uh, in the midst of calamity. Uh, If we keep our eyes on Jesus, uh, we got an assurance of everything. Uh, It's going to be all right. Uh, But I know what that old devil is uh, doing this morning. Uh, He's out trying to wreck your faith. Uh, He's out to dislodge your faith this morning Uh, but the writer of Hebrews who I believe to be Paul was said let us hold uh, fast to the profession uh, of our faith Uh, what I'm talking about this morning is uh, we got to hang on Uh, we got to hold fast Uh, we got to stand firm uh, in what we believe this morning Uh, no matter what the outside world says uh, no matter what it looks like uh, can I tell you today uh, that we need to hold fast uh, unto the the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We need to keep our faith focused uh, upon His work, uh, upon the things that He done this morning. Uh, Listen, also, uh, we need to be aware and we need to be looking uh, about how the devil has come uh, to dislodge our faith. Uh, In 1 Peter 5 and 8, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I think about how many times that old, how he devours many that sit on church pews. I think about how he devours those who are called by his name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you he already devours the world but let me tell you I'll tell you how he devours those who who are born again. Let me tell you what he 
does. How many know many times you, if you're sometimes, I don't know how you do it up here, but down south, if we want to draw a bear or something in, we'll begin to bait that place. Amen. We'll begin to place food and things out in its way to draw that bear in. And at a certain time, if you get that bear to draw in, eventually, you know, if you get that bear eating and focused on the food, let me tell you, you can get a shot at it sometimes. This is just an example. Or any kind of, or a deer, if you put that corn out, you'll draw that deer in there, and you can be setting up there, and all of a sudden, he ain't looking what's going on. He ain't paying attention to what's happening. He's got his he's got his head down, eating from that food, leaving himself to be open to the prey of the one that is hunting him. Oh, what are you saying this morning? I'm telling you, the devil brings these battles. He brings these trials. He brings these afflictions. He brings these things to get your eyes off Jesus. He brings these things your way to get you to get your eyes off what is important to get your eyes somewhere else. And as he begins to get you to go somewhere else, then that's where he begins to devour you at. When he gets you focused on the problem and he gets you focused on what's going on instead of the problem solver, can I tell you this morning, that's where it's dangerous at. That's where he begins to devour at. You see, I'm convinced some of these things come our way for one purpose, and that purpose is to get our eyes drawn off of Jesus Christ and to get us focused where we can be prey unto the enemy. But I've come by to tell you this morning, you better be sober. You better be vigilant. You better be on guard because I'm telling you that Satan will send traps and he will bait you in order to try to devour you. Amen? Amen. And if I didn't know what I'm talking about, how these things come our way to draw us away from the faith. These small things, one little thing at a time, one little bit at a time. He begins to draw us away to this. And he begins to draw us away with that to eventually he devours you. That's how backsliding begins. Amen. That's how backsliding begins. It may not be a full thing at one time. It's a little by little. Amen. A little bit by little bit. Get your eyes off of this and start looking at everything. Amen. Too many people are focused on all this that's going on around them. Amen. We're in a generation today, I'm going to just tell you, people are looking for the Antichrist. Folks, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the real Christ. Amen. Did you hear what I'm telling you? I'm looking for the real Christ this morning. You see, people are drawn away looking to this and looking to that. Why they're not looking for the real Christ this morning. Amen. I've come by to tell you in this day that we got to keep our eyes on the real Christ this morning. Not on the problems we go through. Not on the things of this world. We've got to see Jesus in everything. Amen. Let me tell you, you want to pray the prayer of faith? Don't focus on your problem. Let me tell you a little secret to pray in the prayer of faith. Right here. Don't look at your problem. Here I read this by Smith Wigglesworth. And if you want to read, let me tell you about some of the miraculous things God had done in his ministry. That's one man you need to read about. Let me tell you what he told you. He said he learned something. He said don't look at the, when you're praying the prayer of faith, don't look at the problem. Don't look at the person. You look at Jesus. Amen. You see, when you get your eyes on Jesus, he's going to take care of the problem. Amen. When you stay focused on the Lord, he's going to take care of the problem. Don't focus on your sickness. Don't focus on your battle. Don't focus on your trial. Don't focus on that thing that's bothering you. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ this morning. I said get your eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. Hold fast to Him this morning. Hold fast to Him this morning. Hold fast to His Word this morning. I think too often 
we start focusing on the problem. We miss it. Amen. Amen. We get up here, call for the elders of the church, which that's scriptural. You are, the one that's in need needs to call for the elders of the church. But too often, I think too often we see the one up there. We're focusing on the one who's standing up there instead of the one we should be seeing. We're seeing our problem more than we're seeing Jesus. Amen? The very moment you begin to see Jesus, oh, it'll take your mind off the problem. Amen? You begin to see Jesus, and I'll tell you, you'll see divine healing. Am I right on that? The very moment you keep your, begin to see Jesus and everything, you'll begin to see the miraculous take place. Let me tell you, let me tell you the times I've just had my mind on Jesus and not the problems, the times I've seen the Lord do the miraculous. Amen? We got to keep our eyes. We got to keep in tune to Jesus this morning. When we're praying for faith, praying the prayer of faith, let me tell you, don't you be looking at the problem. Get your mind focused on Jesus. Too often, we think how big our problems are. We think how great our problems are. We're thinking how bad our problems are. Hello, am I right? Sometimes we think we're the only one that's got these problems. Am I the only one that thinks that sometimes? Oh, you quiet on me. If you be honest with you, yourself, you're in church tonight, <laughs> this morning. Amen. I'm going to preach on Ananias and Sapphira tonight, so you better take heed. <laughs> Listen, you be honest with me. Sometimes you think you're the only one that got these problems, don't you? You're the only one that's got these trials that come your way. Amen. Look over at your neighbor. Look up here. We all got them. Amen. Amen. Who are we looking at this morning? Are we looking at the problem? Are we keeping our eyes upon the Christ this morning? Amen. Are we looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith this morning? Amen. I think too often we give the problem more credit. We build up the problem more than we give a hold of God. We give testimony to the situation, to the ailment, to the, the attack of the devil more than we give testimony to God this morning. Amen. I told you this Wednesday night for those that wasn't here. I said too often you can get in a testimony service and hear more testimonies of what the devil's done for them than what God's done for them. Am I preaching right this morning? Hello? If you wasn't here, that reminded you. Oh, Paul got bit by a serpent. But he didn't go around saying, look what the devil's done to me. Did he? He didn't go around showing off what the devil's done for him. He didn't go around talking how, how bad this thing is. Amen. What did he do? He shook it right back off into the fire. The same fire that exposed it is the same fire that killed it. I talked about entering to the Holy of Holies. And how much better we'd be better off if we'd entered to the presence of God instead of going around showing off a snake bite. Amen. Amen. Oh, I wish I had something to latch around my arm this morning and skip with it because this is how people do. Skip, skip, skip to the loo. Look what the devil's done to thee. You got your eyes on the devil, folks. I know the devil attacks. Amen. But I'm not giving that joker no more credit. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm going to give God credit for the doing the work. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, we need, if we allow that serpent to stay on there and we allow let to go keep going on to us, you know what I know about a serpent? Many of these serpents are full of venom. If you keep it latched on, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill people spiritually. Amen. That's the reason God says shake it off. But yet people want to hold on to what's going on. 
instead of the profession of faith. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'm not a beggar in here. You hear me. I heard one of my friends, an evangelist, I used to go down south make this comment. Hank Connor made this comment in a message he was preaching. He was dead right on it. He said, we are believers and not beggars. Amen. Amen. We don't have to beg. We just got to believe. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible never tells us to beg. He tells us to believe. Amen. But people don't want to hold fast to the profession of their faith. Because they got their eyes off Christ. And they got their eyes on the problem. They're in it. Listen, think about it. Despite all that that old enemy may throw, despite the things that life does, comes our way. Let me tell you, sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it is just life. Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, can I preach here for just a minute? I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I hear it all the time. Sometimes we get the devil, tell, say the devil's doing something to something to us that he didn't do. Amen. Oh, the devil got me into debt, but the devil didn't make you pull that credit card out and charge all them things. Am I right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. He didn't make you pull it out and go into debt. <laughs> Amen. You know who wanted to go into debt? Well, let me tell you who got you into debt. Go look in the mirror. Amen. The one reflecting back is the one that got you there. I'm t- what I'm trying to say is sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it is us. Sometimes it's just some things that life throws at us. And sometimes it is an attack of the enemy. But despite how it comes, we got to hold fast to the profession of our faith. Like I said, I've got myself in the messes before. I couldn't blame nobody but the one that was looking in the mirror. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I've got myself into some trouble before. And sometimes I look at the mirror, I said, oh, Lord, Jimmy, why'd you do this time? Amen. If you're like me, sometimes you know how to get yourself in trouble. I'll take my hand at it. Sometimes I can put my feet in my mouth. Why do you think I was on the roof twice this past year? (laughs) Sometimes I get my own self. I'll use Jimmy. Sometimes we can make decisions on our own. When God's telling us not to do it, but we want to do it anyway. And we get ourselves overwhelmed. And we begin to get distracted on everything else instead of holding fast to the profession of our faith. Amen. Despite everything, no matter how you got into it, you've got to hold on through it. Think about the words of Job. Think about it in Job 13 and 15. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And I will maintain my own ways before him. Yes, we're going to have trouble. Anybody in here ever read the book of Job? Anybody ever read in here everything that he went through? Now, here was a man who was literally attacked by Satan. But it was all orchestrated before the throne of God. Amen. I want to read, I want to tell you what Job said in verse 13 and 14, right before he said verse 15. In verse 14, he tells us, Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth? You know what Job was saying there? Some of the scholars looked this up, and some of the scholars said that the pain and misery was so bad that Job literally bit himself to try to ease the pain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever heard? That's how bad it was of the pain and misery that he was in. Hello? Some of you need to count your blessings. Amen? Oh, I got an ingrown toenail, so I can't do it. Job 13, 14, he would take his own teeth and, and, put, and eat by his flesh almost. 
because to try to ease the pain and the misery that he was in. Wow. I know I've been through some painful times, but I've never been to that point where I'd want to bite myself to ease the pain. Amen. I've never been to that. I've been through some trialful times, but I've never been through that. But after Job done that in verse 14, then in verse 15, that's when he said those words. He says, Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Yeah, the pain was accelerating. The pain was awful. The pain was more, it was hard to bear. But despite all that Job went through, Despite everything that Job experienced along the way, he never charged God foolishly. Did you hear me? Amen. He never charged God wrong one time. Even when his wife said, curse God and die. Even when his friends accused him of sin. You know what Job did from the very beginning? He held on to the profession of his faith. He said, I'm not letting go. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Amen. Amen. And not a day one in here has been ever had the heads lifted like Job has. You know when his children died? You know, he fell to the ground and worshiped. Hello? That yeah, wasn't easy. He lost everything from the wealthiest man to the poor house. He went from being the wealthiest man to being the poorest. But never charged God foolish. He had health problems. But he never charged God foolishly. Amen. He said, I'll maintain my ways. I will trust him. And today, in this generation, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you this is the whiniest generation I've ever seen. Did you hear me? Amen. Oh, society is whining. Amen. Oh, let me just tell you what's going on. They're complaining about some Christmas cartoons now because of self-esteem. Crybabies. Amen. Amen. Calling Charlie Brown a racist. Crybabies. They can find something to cry about. They're going to cry about it. Hello, I'm talking about the world. But let's talk about the church. We moan and groan. But think about the hand that we've been dealt. Amen. We think we've been dealt a bad hand. But I challenge you to go walk down a nursing home and I guarantee you everyone in there will change hands with you quick. You can find somebody that would want to be in your place. We want to walk. Why God? Why? We want to complain against God. For dealing these hands. Let me tell you the cross that you carry ain't nothing to the, compared to the cross that he carried. We're a whiny generation. Amen. But when we look at those in the Bible, oh, you can look at those that went through it. But yet, that we'll get there just a little bit longer. But you can read Scripture after Scripture of those who went through terrible times. But yet, they maintained their faith. They held on to the profession of their faith. Amen. Amen. Elijah one time had that pity party. Anybody remember that? When he thought he was hiding from that old loudmouth Jezebel, that loudmouth woman. That's what she was. Don't look at me like that. That's what she was. She was a loudmouth woman. She was running her mouth. He was hiding and the angel told him, you get up from there. Elijah already forgot about the great conflict. 
how God already took them prophets of Baal away. Now he was worried about what some woman was going to do. One woman was going to do to him. God said, you get up from there. You don't sit there. You ain't the only one. I got a remnant. Amen. I got a remnant. You get up from there. You go on, Elijah. Amen. You don't be scared of somebody that runs their mouth. Amen. Amen. God said, I'll deal with her. Boy, she died a terrible death, by the way. Amen. But yet, too often, we get like Elijah because of one little thing that goes wrong. Oh, there's been times where God's had to tell me to get up. I ain't going to sit up here and look like I'm some kind of super saint because I'm just as mere human as you are. Amen. Amen. Any preacher tells you they ain't never had these problems, you better get away from them. Amen. Amen. Am I right on that? Amen. Any preacher tells you you ain't never experienced times like that, you better get away from them. Amen. Something ain't right. But Job, despite everything, would hold profession to his faith. You see, what happens today is, I'll tell you what happens. They want to quit. They want to give up. They want to throw in the towel. They want to wave the white flag because something has happened. Amen. Amen. Oh, it ain't time to wave the white flag. It's time to charge, boys. It's time to charge. Amen. Job would not quit. Job would not curse God and just die. Job would not just shut up. Job would not just say, denounce God. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? He would not denounce God. He would not denounce God. He would hold fast to the profession of his faith. Despite it all, he had lost everything that the devil could take from him. There's one thing the devil could not take from him. That was his faith. Did you hear me? If it was going to be surrender, if it was going to be give up, it would have to be Job to let go of it. But the devil couldn't steal his faith. The devil couldn't rob him of his faith. I'm going to tell you right now. You hear what I'm going to tell you right now. The devil can't rob you of it. But you can sure give it to him. Amen. Amen. You can sure give it to him. Amen. Listen. He wouldn't, despite everything, everything that come his way, he would hold on. You can look throughout the scripture and see those who would hold on in that time. Joseph would hold fast to the profession of his faith, even being hated by his brethren. Even being sold into put cast into a pit, sold into slavery, then being lied upon by Potiphar's wife, he would stand and throw it into prison again. He would hold on to the faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar made a golden image. I want you to know, Nebuchadnezzar never told them that they couldn't serve their God. He said, I just want you to bow before my golden image. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew they couldn't have no golden images in their life, idols in their life. If they don't bow, you're going to burn. He said, we'll just burn. Hey, man, if he so chooses to deliver, he will deliver us. Hey, man, despite a fiery furnace, they would hold profession to their faith. Think about it. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. There was a decree. They looked for something against Daniel. But they couldn't find nothing against him. So there were some that made rules that says if he bows, asks, prays to any god other than the king, he'd be cast into a lion's den. Let me tell you what Daniel done. I'm not going to open the windows today. But Daniel would go up three times a day and open the windows and pray towards Jerusalem, I believe. 
Amen. Cat cost him a lion's den. But he would hold fast to the profession of his faith despite what it would cause him. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 36 and 40. I want to read you something right here. Here's a question. You may want to mark this down. Listen to what, other, what the, the, right here says. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yeah, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and torment. Listen to verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Now listen to verse 40. God had provi- having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. But yet, despite everything these right here in Hebrews 11 is what we know as the wall of faith, the chapter of faith, if you will. He gives that. Despite the scourging, despite everything they went through, despite what it cost them, they held on to the profession of faith even unto death. Did you hear that? They held on to the profession of faith. Despite everything they had went against them. Well, do you see something about holding on? Listen, I want you. Listen, we think it's bad when we don't have a Mountain Dew in our house. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you an example. That's something silly, but people think you need to think about it. When's the last time you've been had your head at the, by the sword? When's the last time you walked around like these right here in Hebrews 36? Desolate. Think about it. But despite everything... They would not waver. And the whole fast means you don't waver this morning. Through everything these saints of God went through that I mentioned earlier and right here in Hebrews, there was one thing they wouldn't do. They would not waver. Did you hear me? Can I tell you they would not doubt. They were fully persuaded by the promises of God. Amen. Where we get in problem at, where we have issue at, is we begin to waver. Amen. People begin to waver. Amen. One minute they're praising God. I'm going to just tell you right now. This is double-mindedness, by the way. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's wishy-washiness. Wishy-washy. Amen. One minute they're believing God. And one minute they're singing praises and victory songs. And the next minute they're singing hee-haw. Gloom, doom, despair, and have agony on me. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Whoa. Gloom, doom, and despair, and have agony on me. Amen. Amen. Hold fast to that profession of faith. You see what he's, when I'm talking about wavering, one minute we're singing praises, the next minute they're singing gloom. One minute they're singing victory, and the next minute they're singing death. Oh, what are you getting at, preacher, this morning? I'm telling you, when I talk, see these scriptures right here, I see some people who wavered not and staggered not at the promises of God, but they held on to the profession of the faith. 
think I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. That's all right. Because some maybe need to hold on to the profession of their faith this morning. Think about it. In Romans 4 and 20 and 21, we see the story of Abraham, who was a man that was fully persuaded. In Romans 4, 20 and 21, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. What do you get? think about Abraham for just a moment? You go back and you read Abraham and you'll find out he had a journey of faith. Remember God called him from his homeland. Abram! Get out and leave this land behind. Leave all these behind. Amen? He had to be fully persuaded that God was speaking to him. To leave everything behind. Not knowing whether he went. Not knowing where God was going to take him along the way. Abraham's life was a life of faith, if you will. He was called to lay Isaac down. Would he be willing to lay Isaac down? By faith he was. Amen? Why? Because Abraham was persuaded at the promises of God. He staggered not. That means he wavered not. Amen? He wavered not. He staggered not, if you will, at these promises. But was a man who held fast to the profession of his faith. We stagger. Think about it. What it means, Abraham being st- stagger not and waver not, the whole fast means you're anchored down. I'm not, that song, I shall not be moved, that goes right along with it. I know I use it sometimes. Some people ain't going to move off the pew no matter what. <laughs> They're stuck to the pew. <laughs> but let me tell you, here's a better example. I shall not be moved. That's what it means to be anchored down and holding fast to the promises of our, holding fast to the profession of our faith that we're anchored in, that we're around the rock. Amen. And we're not going to let the ways of the life, the seas of life. Yes, we're on the sea of life. Amen. And I know something about the sea. The sea's got waves. And if y'all was reading, seen something down in Florida on the East Coast where they had to do a rescue because somebody got out there and started going, got so far out to sea that the waves began to pull them out. I don't know the story if they found him or what happened to him, but I knew rescue units were going out there. What are you saying? I'm telling you, this world we're in is the sea. And this world, and this, as a sea, it's got waves that want to pull you out. Amen. Oh, the only thing that's keeping us from being pulled out is that be anchored down in the Lord Jesus Christ. To be anchored to the Word of God. To be anchored to the promises of God. And said, I'm holding fast this morning. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to stagger and I'm not going to waver. I'm anchored. I got my anchor in. This sea in my anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that anchor still holds today. Amen. This life is rough. Amen. You ain't going to get a bed of roses down here. Amen. Amen. You're not going to have a good, easy life down here. Oh, the Scripture points that at. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Bible says also, but the Lord shall deliver them from, them from them all. Amen. Job, Job said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Lord, if it wasn't, if it wasn't holding fast into the profession of our faith, where would we be? The only thing that holds us together, the only thing that really holds one together 
is Christ. Amen. Amen. What holds one together is your faith this morning. Holding fast to it. Oh, but people stagger. I'm telling you the reason people are tossed to and fro is because they're not anchored down. They're not anchored down on the promises of God and on the Word of God. They don't have a firm hold on the promises of God this morning. Too often, we think this is it. Hello, can I have a few more minutes this morning? I got another page of notes to go. I got more tonight, so hang on. I'm not going to be here for a few days. <laughs> so listen, I'm getting it in this morning while I got a chance in the night. Listen, I'm telling you, there are people who are waver because they're not anchored. Amen? They're, we think this is it. We think this is it. We think this world's all there is. I want to tell you, if this world's all it is, then we're in a lot of trouble. Amen? Amen? But I know better. How? I ain't never seen it. But Jesus told me about it. Amen? I get a, I get a description a little bit. Of a better world, of a better place, but people ain't wait, they're not anchored, they're wavering because they're not anchored down to the Word of God. They're not holding fast because they're not anchored down. They're drifting, they're drifting, they're being tossed and turned and unstable because there ain't no anchor. You see, Job was a man who was anchored. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was anchored. Daniel was anchored. Joseph was anchored. Paul was anchored. Read on the saints of God that were anchored. I want to talk to the American church a little bit. Because overseas, there's people that are giving their life for Jesus today. Because they're anchored. Amen. Amen. We think we ought to be so comforted comfortable amen we ought to have it so grand and i'm glad we we're blessed compared to some of these other places you need to count your blessings for that but the problem is people talking about they would die for christ how can they die for christ when they won't even get out of bed and come to church amen hello i'm playing out simple how can they die for christ give their life for Christ when they can't even give him an hour. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you the flat out truth. I'm telling you, I'm convinced people ain't fully persuaded of the promises of God because they're not anchored down to being tossed into, turned from this and that because they ain't anchored. They ain't rooted and grounded in the faith, if you will. What are you going on, preacher? If you're going to hold fast, you better have a steady diet of the Word of God in your life. It better not just be a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a Wednesday night, or a Monday night thing. It better be an everyday thing. Amen? Listen, most who waver are those who ain't dining on the Word of God. Do you hear me? Who don't have a steady appetite. For the Word of God. But I read it every once in a while. I read it every two or three days. Well, what about the days in between them two or three days? Amen? Am I right? You need a steady diet of the Word. Oh, don't, I don't have time. But I guarantee you, if you got a smartphone, you got time to scroll it. you got a Facebook you got time to scroll it and see who sent you a message. Well, God's got you a message starting in Genesis to end in Revelation. So won't you open it and get your message? You want a word from the Lord? Well, open the word of the Lord and start reading it. No better way to get a word from the Lord than to read the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen.
people around. Think about it. There, people waver. Here's my final point. But I'll tell you right now, when you find yourself anchored and hold fast to the profession of your faith, you will see the faithfulness of God. Time and time again, I have seen God come through right on time. Time and time again, I've seen do God things that just blow my mind. I've seen God send, meet the need right before it needed to be met. Amen? Think about it right there in verse 23. Notice that last part. For he is faithful that promised. You see, there's many you can't count on for one reason or another. Amen? Now, there's some people that I know that I can count on. As, and there's some people I don't know about. <laughs> and there's some people you know you can't count on them. You might as well just do it yourself before you try to count on them. Plain out, plain out simple. Am I right? When I worked in the grocery store, I had a good boss then, but not to brag on myself or anything. But he knew he could always count on me. I would do that because you you always try to do your best when you even on a secular job when you're a child of God. Listen, sometimes even those that count, you can count on and you can rest assured there's times when they're limited. Not because they don't want to, it's because they're not able to. Even some, because we're human. But there's one I can tell you who's faithful all the time. There's times you cannot get a hold of somebody else. And you need to get a hold of the one who is faithful. Amen. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, can I preach for just a minute here on something? I have no problem praying for people. Did you hear me? I have no problem praying for you. I want to help pray for you. But there comes times where you're going to have to learn to get to Jesus on your own. Amen. Amen. That ain't to say I don't want to pray for you because I will. But there's going to come times you're going to have to learn to get a hold of the king on your own. There's been times in my life where I wouldn't go to, couldn't go to no one else. But I had to get to Jesus on my own. There was times when you know you could go, but they weren't available. You couldn't get a hold of nobody. I had to get, learn to get to Jesus on my own. Amen. I'm all for the prayer of agreement. But there's times where we're going to have to be there on our own. Amen. There's times where we're going to have to get down before the Lord when we're broken. And when we're battered. And we're hurting. And maybe you know, and just lay it all before Him. Listen. What I found out a long time ago is, I'll tell people, I can't do nothing for you, but I can sure tell you about the one who can. Amen. And I found out he's been faithful to do what he said he would do. Amen. Amen. Divine healing still in his favor. If you don't believe in divine healing, well, here I am today. That's the reason I walked out of Chambersburg Hospital and went and got a steak that day. <laughs> Tell me I won't get out of there. They didn't know when I was getting out of there with them things wrong. Well, my great, my physician already showed them doctors who were the real one was. Amen. <laughs> I already got my, I'm already, somebody probably saying, you need to go on diet, preacher. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I found God to be faithful in what he said he would do. That night he took me in. He said, don't fear. The anointing in you is greater than any disease that's in you. And it will destroy that disease. 
Boy, about two days later, listen to a Jimmy Swagger on over there. Let me tell you something. If the hair on my head could raise right now, I'll give you the honest truth. I didn't see nobody. But, they, but I'll tell you right now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, if the hairs on my hair could have raised the presence of the Almighty, you could feel walking in there. And after it walked, he walked in there, boom, that's when I started getting better. Don't tell me he ain't faithful. Amen. Don't tell me he ain't faithful this morning. You got the wrong person. You may have an argument, but I got an experience. Amen. And I got the word that shows that he's faithful. Listen, Marcia, you can get ready to come. All his promises come through the cross this morning. And we don't need to waver in our confession of his work this morning. Think about it. In each instance we mentioned, God was faithful to everyone. Abraham found that city whose builder and maker was God. Isaac would return with him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got delivered. And in return, they got promoted. Joseph got to the palace. And got to be one of the most high-ranking people in Egypt. Daniel was protected and delivered. And his enemies were devoured in the lion's den. God blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. And gave him twice as much as he had before. Even those I read earlier in Hebrews chapter 11. Even those who died in faith received something better. Oh, what did they receive better than divine healing and all that? They received the ultimate healing in heaven. That's better. That's the better thing. Did you hear me? Some of you looking like I'm crazy. You telling me going on to heaven's better? Well, I'm telling you what Paul said. For me to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. They received something better. But despite everything, they held on to the profession of their faith. And let me tell you, if you'll hold on to the profession of your faith, you will see the faithfulness of God. I'm not here to tell you this morning, there's going to be not going to be troubles and trials and tribulations, because they are. We're in a world that's run by Satan. Amen? The God of this world, he's loose. He's the reason for the troubles. Amen? There's going to be those things. But I'll tell you this. This morning, I'll guarantee you this. And I'll be, it's backed up by the Word of God. If you'll hold fast to the profession of your faith, then you will see the faithfulness of God. Listen what Jesus, what Revelation 19 and 11 calls him. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and righteousness. He doth judge and make war. John the Revelator saw that. Him coming for the second. Faithful. Notice that word faithful there. The first word is called. It's called faithful. Faithful. He is called faithful. If you hold fast, you'll see his faithfulness. Everyone standing in here this morning. If you'll hold fast, you'll see his faithfulness. Did you hear what I'm telling you? Some of you need to be more, don't be driven by the storms of life. By every little thing that come your way. Who would say, I need to hold fast this morning. I need to quit wavering, I need to quit doubting, and I just need to start believing this morning. Let me hold fast to the profession of my faith. Let me hold fast to the profession of it this morning. Oh, he's faithful. He's true this morning. Hold fast to it. Hold fast this morning to the faithfulness of him this morning. Oh, this morning, I'm telling you, he's faithful. 
and he's true this morning. You need to hold fast. Don't waver. Don't doubt. You need to hold fast. You need to hold fast to the profession of your faith. You need to anchor yourself down on his word and say, I'm not going to doubt. I'm going to hold fast, and I'm going to hold true, and I'm going to hold strong this morning. Oh, I'm going to hold fast to him in his word. In Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name. Let us hold fast. Don't anchor. Don't doubt. But hold